0: Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg.
1: But it says, Then I will raise up, God says, for myself, a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed. Underline that word. It's the second time you'll see it in the book of 1 Samuel. And it's personified in a person. We know who that is, Jesus. Before my anointed forever. That word anointed is Mashiach, Messiah, the God-man. Can I ever say enough? How? Amazing.
0: Welcome everyone to our Bible study today. Our scripture says, Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Who was the faithful priest predicted here? He was a great priest because he did according to what is in God's heart and in God's mind. He was a blessed priest because God said of him, I will build him a sure house and he will walk before my anointed forever. The promise was ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ because he is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Oh, I'm going to do what I want.
1: i going to do what I want, Dad. Besides, we're bigger than you. Can you see it? And Eli's ears were also dull, and he says, did I not, and and then the prophet says to him, speaking from God's perspective, did I not choose you out of him, out of all the tribes of Israel, to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me, and did I not give to you? the house of your father, all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire. He even provided them meat to eat from the sacrifices that the children of Israel would come. They would get a portion of that to feed their families. They were all taken care of. There was nothing that they lacked. And so verse 29, the prophet says, Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and you honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. These men were hirelings. They were no longer doing it for the Lord. They were in it for the sex. They were in it for the food. And that's all they cared about. Sounds a lot like today. Eli was being partial to his sons. Rather than chastening them, he puts his sons above his love for God. That's always a bad thing to do. Bad thing to do. In Psalm 82, here is a question that Eli should have been willing to answer to the Lord. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. And here's the question that Eli should have asked God. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? That's God's question to Eli that he never answered. How long will you Judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked, i.e. your sons. There is no partiality with God's, Roman Roman tells us. And therefore the Lord of God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. You know, having a healthy fear of God is a good thing. He is. He's a gracious God. He's a loving, compassionate Father. But don't ever get to the point where you get so close to him that you somehow think that you're kind of chubby, chubby like buddies. I think it's good to have that relationship with him that's intimate and deep, yes, but always remember that he is who he is. And there's no one like him, and he deserves our worship. He is not our equal. He will never be our equal, He will always be God, and we will spend an eternity, even in new bodies with new hearts, new minds, new everything. We will stand before Him for an eternity, and we will still be dropping our jaws on the ground and and going, I I had no idea you were that awesome. I thought I knew this much, and you're filling the room. (laughs) I can't even handle this. And I can almost hear the Spirit of God saying, It's a good thing you got a new body. Because if you showed up here in that decrepit thing on earth, you would have exploded a long time ago. Your head would have just popped. <laughs> you need a new body for heaven to be able to handle the glory and the beauty that awaits us. To be able to withstand the, the heat of his radiance, the glory, the, the white brightness of his purity just feeding through everything. Just Can you imagine that? It's just, Wow. Talk about love, man. You start thinking about that, and it just inspires you. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to put on a linen ephod like David did, run down the street half naked but covered. Behold... The days are coming, verse 31, that I'll cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will be not an old man in your house. He's not talking about literally cutting off his arm, but cutting off the strength, cutting off the influence that these men had. You know, Eli, and and it says, behold, the days are coming. uh, I already read that. I'm sorry. uh, That I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house, and there will not be an old man in your house. And Eli and his sons, in one day, all three of these men would die. In fact, we'll get to it when we get to First um, Samuel chapter 4. We're going to read about that, so I won't spoil that, even though you know the outcome. Notice verse 32, And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place, despite all the good which God does for Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. Actually, I have to spoil it. In, In 1 Samuel 4, the Philistines come against the Israelites, and they take the Ark of the Covenant from them, and they destroy Shiloh. They completely destroy it. And in the battle, Hophni and Phinehas die, and then a man from the battlefield comes back to Shiloh before it's destroyed by the Philistines. He comes back and he tells Eli what had happened, that, by the way, Eli... Your two sons died, and also they took the Ark of the Covenant. And it says that when he heard about the Ark of the Covenant, that's when he fell back, and he broke his neck, and he died. He knew his sons had it coming. He even knew his own end was coming. And I think God, in his grace, he didn't tell him in advance, hey, you're going to die the same day. But your two sons are going to. And God, in his grace, kept his own life, telling him that his own life would end that day. But it did. But notice, you will see an enemy in my dwelling place. And we think that could be, very well be, certainly the, at least in the immediate at that time, could have been the Philistines coming against Shiloh and completely destroying. It could also be a prophecy. Many see this as a prophecy because we know that way down in history, several hundreds of years beyond this point, We'll see Antiochus Epiphanes after the reign of Alexander the Great in Greece when Greece takes over the Medes and the Persians. And the Medes and the Persians had taken over the Babylonians that around 169 B.C., this ancestor of one of the Seleucid generals from Alexander the Great's army, he comes. His name is Antiochus Epiphanes IV. He comes and he desecrates the temple, slaughters a pig on their altar, sets up an altar of Zeus there in the holy place. Could be referring to him, or it could also be referring to the one that we're talking about on Sunday mornings right now—the Antichrist, who will defile the temple that is yet to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. We call it the Tribulation Temple. It could be that as well. But notice, he says, "But any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age, and otherwise in the prime of their life." And now this is a sign to you that it shall come to pass that your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they shall die, both of them. And like I said, that was fulfilled in 1 Samuel chapter 4. You can read about that, read ahead. But notice in verse 35, this is very interesting. This is a really a highlight of, uh, of a thing, and bear with me for just another maybe 10 minutes. But it says, Then I will raise up, God says, for myself, a faithful priest, who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed. Underline that word. It's the second time you'll see it in the book of 1 Samuel. And it's personified in a person. We know who that is, Jesus. Before my anointed forever. That word anointed is Mashiach, Messiah, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And so when we look at this, that God would raise up for himself a faithful priest, because Eli wasn't a faithful priest, but God says, now that this is going to come to pass, I'm going to raise up for myself a faithful priest. A faithful priest. And who could he be talking about? I believe he was speaking of a priest that would, that would be born not too long after this. His name would be Zadok. He would be another Levite. And Z- Zadok, the priest, was the priest that came after Eli, He was also of the same lineage, not only from Levi, but remember there was uh, three different uh, brothers of, of, of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and Kohath was the same tribe that Samuel was born in, and just incidentally, Zadok is from this same line of the Kohathites, and these are the same line that Moses and Aaron came from as well. These were the high priests. And so Zadok was a faithful man. And notice, I believe that's who he's talking about here in this 35th verse, this faithful priest, because we see it. Uh, I'm just going to give you some verses to write down, and you can look this up. It's very uh, fascinating to me. Uh, in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 6, verses 31 through 38, and it, it really just kind of shows you that uh, it proves to you Samuel was a Kohathite. He was of this line. And then also Zadok, he was of the Kohathites as well. And you can read about that in the same chapter, 1 Chronicles chapter 6. If you look at the first eight verses, you'll see that, that Zadok was of, of that same lineage. And why is this important? It is important because in David, when, he, when David became king, uh, let's read 2 Samuel. Let me just read this to you. You can write the reference down. 2 Samuel 15 beginning in verse 24 and this was the time when remember that Absalom had uh, was going to come against and overthrow his father there was going to be a coup and Absalom was going to he came into Jerusalem and this is before he died and so his father you know David being an old man at this time decides you know what I'm just going to leave and so he I can see it in my mind's eye even today he he leaves the temple And he goes down through the Kidron Valley and he starts walking up toward the Mount of Olives on the east side of that. And it says, and there was Zadok also. So now they're leaving Jerusalem, right? He knows his son Absalom has got a bunch of guys. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to let him have it. Lord, if it's your will for me to come back, great. If not... Then, you know, David at the time is a broken man, right? Because he's already been, he had the sin with Bathsheba, he's killed Uriah. He's, he's a different man, but he's also a man of faith still. And he's like, you know what, Lord? He trusted in the Lord. His son's going to come and overthrow him. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to get out and let him have it. He's young. He's full of energy. Have at it. <laughs> if the Lord's in it, I'll be back. If not, I, I, I was blessed while I was alive. That was David's heart, right? It says, Zadok also and all the Levites with him, they, they went with him. They were going to leave Jerusalem bearing the ark of the covenant of God. Notice the faithfulness of this man, and we'll see why this is so important in just a second. So Zadok, uh, and this is who I believe that um, this prophecy was talking about here, that uh, a, a priest will rise up. It says that um and they sat down the ark of the uh, of God, and Abiathar went up against uh went up until all the people had finished crossing over the city. And then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of the covenant, go back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he'll bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am, let him do to me as seems good to me. The king also said to Zadok, and I love this, what the what David says to Zadok, this faithful priest, he says, Are you not a seer? Aren't you important to the, to the church back in Jerusalem? You know, to the people? Return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Hymez, ah, 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 your son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. Therefore, Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. And this man was with David, he was with him, he was faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord. And even after David had died, it says that when Solomon came into power, he looked at Zadok and he he made him the high priest. And he he dismissed his his brother Abiathar. There's there's a lot to this, and I won't bore you with it. I mean, it's good if we had time. But he chose Zadok because Zadok was always with David. Abiathar went with uh, Absalom, and got caught up into that um, that confusion and that overthrow. But Zadok stayed true to David. He stayed true to what God had called him to do. And why is this a big deal anyway? Turn with me, and we'll end here. Um, we just got one more verse after this. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 44. This is really wonderful, folks, because you're going to see the faithfulness of God through all of the eons of time. Think about it. You know, here it is. That there hasn't even been a king in Israel yet. And Eli dies and his sons. And God is telling um, that, that there will arise a faithful priest after Eli who will do all of my will. He's basically going to be a, a wonderful example. And God says, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to use him. And certainly he used him, you know, in David and Solomon's ministry, didn't he? He used him during that time. And look, all the way, now Zadok physically dies at some point, but now let's look in Ezekiel 44 because it talks about the millennial reign of Christ. Notice who comes back. This is interesting. Verse 10, let's pick it up. And the Levites, remember this is a portion of Ezekiel where he's describing the millennial temple. This is the temple that's going to be built after Jesus comes back to the earth physically. After his second coming, we come back with him. The Antichrist is destroyed, the false prophet, the devil is cast into the abuso, and we live on this earth for a thousand years with Jesus. That temple that he builds is laid out in very specific detail in chapters 40 through 44 of Ezekiel. The the dimensions of this temple have never been built ever. It's huge, more than anything we've ever seen in history. It dwarfs it. Any other temple they've made. And he also describes who's going to be doing what and when. And notice, And the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity, yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister. Notice the pronouns here. Who are these guys who went far from the ministry? They're priests, but they didn't really follow the Lord completely. These men are still, by God's grace, going to be allowed. They're, that lineage is going to be able to serve God, but they're going to serve the people. They're going to serve their needs and the things that they come to worship. And, keep, and just keep keep an eye on those pronouns here. Because they ministered to them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. Therefore, I have raised my hand in an oath against them, says the Lord, that they shall bear their iniquity, and they shall not come near me to minister to to me as priest, nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all the things that are done in it. But notice verse 15, the mood changes, but the priests, the Levites, notice, underline this, the sons of Zadok. This goes right back to this promise that we just read in 1 Samuel. Where God says to them, you know, that I will raise up a priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed. Who's the anointed? Jesus Christ. Who's going to be there in that millennial reign? Jesus Christ. These men are going to be there, the sons of Zadok. And notice what they get to do. Bear with me here. We're almost finished. Thanks for your patience. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to me. Notice to me, to minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary, and they shall come near my table to minister to who? To the people? No, to me, and they shall keep charge, and it shall be whenever they enter the gates of the inner court, they shall put on linen garments. No wool shall come upon them. Uh, let's go um... You can read down the rest of it, but let's look down at uh, verse 22 at the same chapter. It says, They shall not take as wife uh, a widow or a divorced woman, but take virgins of the descendants of the house of Israel or widows of priests. Notice, and I love this. This is a great verse. Circle it, underline it. And they shall teach my people, these sons of Zadok, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean. This is what they get. This is what they are rewarded for in the millennial kingdom. I don't know about you. That may not mean like a big deal to you, but I bet it's going to be a big deal then when those priests, now God, you know, he doesn't impute sin upon other people that you've committed, right? But he has the right to say this line and this line are two different, and I'm going to choose because of your background, you're still going to get to serve in the temple. And you know what? I bet those guys are going to be like, thank you so much. (laughs) I am thrilled to death that at least I get to do that. I think that's going to be the attitude. But then these others, these priests of Zadok, that lineage, they are going to serve the Lord. They're going to minister to him, and it's going to be a completely different thing. They get the privilege of being closest to him because of their obedience back way back when, way back when they were serving David and Solomon and doing the right thing, staying loyal to David because he was the king. They knew that. And they were faithful. They were loyal. They did the right things. And by the way, Eli didn't come from the same line of Zadok. He came from the, 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 the Levites, certainly, but he was from the family. Remember how I said uh, Aaron had four sons, Nadab and Abihu and Eleazar and Ithamar? Well, Eleazar was, after uh, Nadab and Abihu died, Eleazar was the next priest. And from his lineage came Zadok, and from the lineage of Ithamar came Abiathar, or Eli, and then Abiathar. And that's how you can understand. That lineage over here served the people, but Eleazar, through the line of Zadok, they are the ones who served the Lord. Big difference. And they taught the people to know the difference between the holy and the unholy, and the profane and the, and the, and the clean. I don't know about you, but that's, that's awesome. So is it important to remain faithful? Absolutely. Be faithful to God and let's finish this last verse. Then, uh, let me see. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of bread and a morsel of bread and say, please put me in one of the priestly positions for, that I may eat a piece of bread. And, and so faithfulness pays off. That's really the bottom line here. Faithfulness pays off. And you young people, listen, be faithful when everyone around you is being unfaithful. And that's good news for us even as adults. Be faithful in an unfaithful world. Be bold and willing to go against the tide, against the cultural norms. It's better to honor God than to honor man. It's better to obey the Lord than to obey your friends and the voice of the world. In the end, just like the sons of Zadok, you'll be rewarded for your faithfulness even though it is difficult right now. See, we all think, we think short-sightedly and we pay the price later. Be faithful now, even though it hurts, even though it kind of limits you. It feels like you're kind of confined. Obey the Lord now and the rewards. This is true in finances. It's true in everything. If you deny yourself now, you're going to reap something better down the road. But if you're the type of person who spends everything, their very last cent, every paycheck they get, you're not going to have anything. There's so much wisdom in this whole thing about being faithful right where you're at. Be faithful right now. Be purposeful. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night, and we just pray that, God, we would, Lord, like Zadok, Lord, we wouldn't get used to uh, doing things for the sake of doing things. Lord, help us to always serve you with a right heart, and Lord, change us. Help us to be sober in the days we live in, and help us to, uh, to put away sin, Father, from our lives. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you're always working. You're good to us. You're so faithful. Get us home safely tonight, Lord, and bless us, every single one of us, tomorrow as we go our separate ways. Bless every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel.